it's Io here. I just wanted to hop on just to say a quick note before this episode goes live. This episode was recorded last week with Stacey Meadwell live on LinkedIn and we were talking about the hidden features of LinkedIn because both of us feel that there are so many features that people don't really make the most of. So what I wanted to do was just share this live over here on the podcast. Um, We are talking to slides. So if you want to have a look at what we're doing, I will also put a link in the show notes to our YouTube where it's recorded and also to the handouts as well. So you can get both of those. Anyway, enjoy the show. In 2023 alone, LinkedIn introduced over 200 new features, which is tons. And I go on LinkedIn a lot and I don't even know them all. I don't think anyone does. But it's worth knowing Kevin Turner, actually, or Kevin D. Turner, who actually does list them all, which is always really useful to see. Anyway, so the new features are really quite good. So they can increase the range of your content, boost engagement and propel your reach. So and they can also help you stand out from the crowd for what everyone else is doing. And it's all stuff that is actually relatively easy to use and low cost or no cost. Which is key, I think, here. Um, So let's get cracking, Io. I think you're taking the first one, which is creator mode. Okay, so, hey, look, I did some slides. And look, it's me, like four times on screen, or like three times on screen. (laughs) That's great. Uh, (laughs) So creator mode. So creator mode was basically launched, I think it was about 18 months ago by LinkedIn. And it was about giving users more access to sharing tools. It gives them better analytics. And it's basically a way it gives you more control over your LinkedIn profile. So it's like, what do you really want to show your audience at that point from your content? So you've got more control of your content, better analytics and more features. And in terms of how you find it, the way that you would find it as a user would be you would view your profile and then go to the kind of arrow that has your profile and then you would click. You could click a toggle on for on or off for creator mode, but actually LinkedIn are changing that this month, so it's all going to be slightly different. Um, but I'll come to that in a second. But in terms of looking at the slide, some of the stuff that you also get, you get like this featured section here, which I've got at the top of mine, which I've created some little kind of squares from in uh, Canva to make them kind of work really well. And then also you can choose more in terms of what you want to show. So you can decide that you want to show posts for this month, or you might want to show, actually, I've got some really good videos that I want to push. So you can have videos as the first thing that people see. So you can you can choose which type of content you want to spotlight on your actual profile, which is actually a really, really useful feature. But I think just understanding that you're kind of in creator mode, you're given more, I guess, freedom. But I mean, the main things that are coming up now is that LinkedIn are now giving a lot of the creator mode features to everybody. So they're going to start rolling that out uh, this month, actually. So in February. So there's a a link which I will put in the comments, actually, which is all about creator mode and what's changing in terms of LinkedIn. So they're going to take away the creator mode on off button in March, only next month. But you're still all your creative features. I just think what they're going to do is actually give everybody more features And it's also going to give you more kind of control over whether or not you have a follow button or a connect connect button as well. Um, So those are the kind of two main things. And I think the about topics are going further. So the about your profile is going to be further up on your profile. Mm -hmm. I'll share links to that um, in the comments so you can have a good read yourself Mm -hmm. for that knowing. The other important thing to remember about creator mode that 
they're rolling out to everybody is it gives you access to certain features, two of which that we're going to be talking about a little late, little later on. Um, yeah. These are these are things that you could do that you could only do if you had creator mode switched on. Um, but everybody's going to have access to them. But I won't sort of steal the thunder of what we're going to talk about a little bit later. Okay, so moving on from that, we've got, so after creator mode, the next thing to talk about is actually the events tab. So the events tab is, I think, is the main bit of where you can find most of the hidden features of LinkedIn. So you find it by going to the homepage on LinkedIn, scrolling down. And if you have a look, there's a left-hand column, which has got lots of stuff like, it has a thing which talks about recent events that you've been involved in at top. So either you've been involved in or you've signed up for and you can find those easily there. <clears throat> and then you've got groups, which I have to admit I don't use at all. Um, but I think it's the old LinkedIn groups because it's, I mean, they're all spammy now and rubbish. And then underneath that, you've got the events tab. Now, if you have a look there, it's got like, for me, it's got um, a live that I did last week on for my marketing show. And then it's also got things that I've signed up for or watched recently. So that is how you find the event. And if you click on here, and basically you go down, then the next slide, let me make sure I'm in the wrong right bit. It gives you this, which is basically the events tab. And this is where you find LinkedIn's audio events, LinkedIn's live video events like this one. And also if you're running events off platform, you can also create a LinkedIn event that links to that as well. So you've got kind of three types of events that live in this area. And it's just worth knowing that this is here. I think this is one of these kind of features that is on your profile, but you may never even know it's there. I mean, if you did know it was there, let me know. Or if you didn't, if this is news to you. But there's this whole kind of world of events in LinkedIn. And it's it's worth knowing how to access them and how you can find more stuff. And I, I would just jump in and say that, if you are using the app, you just click on your little profile pick and you get two options there. One is groups and one is events. And you come to that page, that same page. If you click on, if you click on events, it gives you a list of all the things that either your lives that you're doing, stuff that you've said you're attending, um, or external events. And I think the external events thing is quite interesting. And I don't think people, you know, you use that very much. It's a really good way of promoting stuff that you are doing off the platform yeah exactly and i guess if you see that as another promotional channel so you could add your events to it as another way of just finding more people who might be searching if you're looking to attract more of an audience or to engage with more people um so yeah i do i do think this events tab and, and, and external events is definitely under use i agree with you okay so what's next next is while we're talking about linkedin events i want to talk about LinkedIn events. Um, it's not. A, it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise feature if you're watching this because you are watching a LinkedIn event. Um, but you don't see many of them popping up, and I think they're very underused. Um, so many events at conferences are pay to play now. Um, so, and they're often quite a lot of money as well. Whereas a LinkedIn event doing something like this is fairly low cost. You have to use an external streaming platform. We use StreamYard. Um, but it's it, the cost of that is fairly low compared to what you would have to pay if you were doing a panel or a discussion at a conference. Um, and the key thing is it's an event that you control. You decide when it is. You decide on the topic, the format, 
And if you want guests, you can do solo. So if you wanted to just do a live by yourself, you could do that. But the whole idea yeah. of that absolutely terrifies me. So why would you do that? <laughs> Or you, or you could do like co-host, like, you know, we do, we, we do these together every month. Um, or you can have guests and we have had guests, you know, it might be you and a guest, you decide on the format. It's completely, it's in your control to decide what you want to do. Um, so you decide on the content, the time and, and the format. And it's a great way from a marketing point of view, it's a great way of engaging with people, because as I say, you're all watching, you can, you can comment, we can reply to your comments. No, it's a great way of having that interaction and people watching you talking about things really helps build a connection. And when we've both had people come up to us and mention the lives that we do, that they've watched a live, they've seen us and it breaks down, it breaks down those barriers. Um, it's also a massive content generator. I'm a firm believer in don't just do one piece of content, take that piece of content and make it into lots of different content. And this is a classic example. Um, not only are we streaming live here to LinkedIn, but we're also simultaneously streaming live to IO's YouTube channel. You, we could also stream live to an Instagram channel. We could stream in three different places. We could also stream live to, as a webinar so people don't even have to go onto a social platform. So you can be in four places at once. So there, there is that. Um, you can download the video. The video appears as a replay on LinkedIn, so it's there forever. You can download the video and put it. So I take the video and I put that on my YouTube channel. So it's appearing in two, on two YouTube channels, but we also cut and splice it, take little clips that we use in social posts and smaller, you know, smaller little snippets. You can download the audio and turn it into a podcast. If you had, if you have a company podcast, you can run that audio through Otter and get a transcript and turn that into articles and blog posts. There are so many things that you can do. So it's- <laughs> anything at all <laughs> i could i could talk about other th other things i've got so many so many ideas but the point being is the time it, it's a, it doesn't take that long to set it up does it io i mean no once you've sorted out the banner you know we have a banner and all we have to do is change the title and the date on it each time once you've set that up and you've set up your description it only takes five minutes to set it up um, it's really, really easy. LinkedIn has a guide to LinkedIn Lives and how it's step-by-step, um, and I can put a link to that um, in, in the comments afterwards. But considering the amount of work that goes into it and all the stuff you can generate from it, it feels a bit like a no-brainer, and not many people are doing it. And you can stream from your company page. So if you've got a big following on your company page, you can stream from there. Um, as well as from your, as, as well as from personal accounts. So yeah, I, I'm a bit of a fan, obviously we do them, but I just think it's, that it, it's a really powerful marketing tool, I feel anyway. Okay. Gavin Winbanks. Hi, Gavin. Hi, Mary. Hi, Gavin. Um, so he's asked us what streaming services um, we use to do this live. So I use, we use StreamYard, uh, which is a couple of hundred pounds a year, I think. Um, and it streams and you basically you can stream live, live into LinkedIn, YouTube, lots of other things. Um, and it's a really good intuitive platform. Other ones you can explore. I think there's one called Ecom, 
which is E-C-O-M-M. And there's also one called Reststream, which is R-E-S-T-R-E-E-A-M. Um, I'll put those in the comments afterwards as well. So they're, they're three different platforms. And I would just say, just try them out and see. Um, and I mean, they're really, they, they work really well and they give you really professional quality audio. And actually the audio from this video, for example, I use in my podcast, so it is high quality audio and things like that. So I think it's, it's finding one tool that works for you, but um Ecam, there you go. Steve Folland just said that. <laughs> um, so um, I think that's the main thing is just like, you know, try out some of these tools. I think the one thing to say, though, about video is I think it's like any other piece of content that you you do need some kind of structure. You do need to know roughly what you're doing, because I think sometimes people just stand there and just like, hi, we're just coming online. And it's like this has no structure or no feel. And they're not thinking about the audience who are listening. So I think you do need to have a bit of a structure and kind of know roughly what you're going to do. But which, is, but which is kind of ironic saying that, considering we messed up the start of this. Yeah, but that's, that involves me reading, so that never works. <laughs> 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 but, but we do have a structure. We like, do, we, we do. We ha- I have notes. Um, yeah, we do We do plan. And I think, yeah, it is, it is, a, really, it is a really important point, is to, know, is to know, you know, plan out your your lives like you would any piece of content um yeah and do we want to move on to audio events as Actually, something maybe bef- i think before we do let's ask answer um april borton's just asked a question oh, I think sorry new. sorry april sorry, i just saw it it just said is there a way that linkedin lives to now show how many people have signed up to it yes there is um what you do is you have to go into the event on linkedin and then if you click into the event itself and you click on manage, there is like, you can see who's there, who's like, there's a networking tab, which shows you everybody that signed up for it. Um, to see how, so you can see how many people, have, I mean, we had like 52 or something, didn't we today, right? So we can see, we can see everybody's names and everyone who signed up. And there's a couple of things you can do as well through that manage tab is that you can email every single person in that network regardless of their first, second or third connections, if you go in via that managed tab. And then you can uh, post event, for example, I send, tend to send out an email which sort of says, in case you didn't make it, i.e. if I don't see your name in the comments, because we can't always tell precisely who's who's watched, I send a quick email with the link to actually rewatch the live. So in case someone's missed it, they've got the link directly. So I think there's stuff like that you can look at and do. And then also... In that managed tab, there's also some really good analytics as well. So you get to know watch times, key kind of people that have watched it, not people, but like their levels, their seniority and some of the key firms as well. Because we look at that like in a, a couple of days later, don't we, and see are they the right types of people we want watching and things like that. And, and the thing to remember is that because it lives on, it accumulates views and, you it know, does. sometimes we don't get a huge amount of people watching life. Sometimes it's difficult because people have got busy diaries and stuff to actually be there. But people will catch up and watch the replay. And it tells you how many how, how many minutes have been watched, how many people yeah. have watched the replay. Um, so it's it's not something that's just, a, you know, just there for the moment. It's it's something that lives on. Um, on the platform and obviously on YouTube as well, because we're we're streaming we're streaming there. 
And we actually, we've got a couple of lives and you've got a blog as well, haven't you, about mm. LinkedIn lives and how to get the most out of them. And I think we'll put some links to those in the comments. Mm. I've got a lot of comments and links to put in, but we'll do that at the end. Yes. But um, <laughs> the other thing to kind of mention is sometimes when you first do that event post via, when you're setting it up on, say, StreamYard and it pulls it through to LinkedIn, the reach can be really low. So yeah. you just have to be aware that you will have to do more stuff to get people to attend and know what's going on yeah so you're just making sure you're doing separate posts that link into it and that you are inviting people directly as well because I think all of that just means that you get mm -hmm. more visibility so you really do have to push them a bit more and just be mindful that yeah. for some reason your, I think your, your it, awareness I, is diminished doesn't it yeah I think basically what LinkedIn does is because you're using an external platform to stream onto LinkedIn, it treats it like a web link and LinkedIn doesn't like web links. Um, but even though it's a LinkedIn event, it, it kills the reach. Um, and we found actually inviting people is the best actually sending yeah. out invites. And actually there's a, there's a bonus to that because it's an opportunity to get into people's, you know, notifications by sending them. Get into people slide into their DMs. Oh, yeah, um, but it's, it, it's an opportunity. Well, I think it's more notification. You get a notification to say you've been invited, but it's a, it's an opportunity to kind of you know to to be to send a notification to someone, invite people. So it, you know, there's there's a bonus to that as well. Do you want to talk about audio specifically? Oh yeah, we have one more question, which oh, I think we should. Sorry, I'm cover missing off. the questions. Right. Pay attention, Meadwell. See you. It's another April question. So awesome. Thank you. Do, do you think it is better than Eventbrite? I think they're two completely different tools. Um, I think Eventbrite's about signups, really, isn't it? And and all of that. I wouldn't say that that the LinkedIn stuff is anyway near as good, to be honest, in terms of signups and capturing people. But you know, event Eventbrite is a very different tool in terms of how I see it. And events and event management. The thing I would say about LinkedIn events is if you've already got a big network here and when you go live, it pops up in people's streams that you're going live. Um, so it, whereas if you're doing something off platform when you're, you know, if you've got big mailing lists and stuff, you can obviously promote it that. And we always promote it through our own, through our own newsletters. But if you've already built up a presence or you're building up a presence on LinkedIn, it can work both ways. It can be be a good way of kind of connecting with your existing network, but also help you build up your network on LinkedIn. Hi, it's Io here. And I just wanted to interrupt the show quickly to say a bit more about what I do. I'm a digitally led marketing consultant and I specialize in working with built environment firms just like yours. I think there's so much more that AEC firms can do to make the most of the digital marketing opportunity. And if it's something that you would like to explore working with me, how to make the best of online and in-person worlds, then do get in touch. Email me at io, which is A-Y-O, at abassmarketing.com and let's have a chat. The next kind of type of audio event that you can have is actually linked in audio. Mm. So, which again, I don't think many people know about. Um, no. It's, it's basically, I guess it's like LinkedIn's version of Clubhouse, if you remember yeah. back to like two so years many ago. Many remember Club Clubhouse? <laughs> yeah, when it was cool and everyone was like, you haven't got an iPhone, you can't get mm. on. And I was like, I don't have an iPhone, sorry. Mm. And then when they brought it out to Android, it was too late, wasn't it? Mm. Um, so it's basically that. So it's audio events. Um, and what's interesting about that is that, 
I mean, when it first came out, LinkedIn had so many gremlins and people didn't have volume and the volume was really bad and the audio was bad, but it's all been fixed and it works really, really well. And if anything, it kind of, it seems to be, they seem to be pushing it algorithm wise. Um, So there's a huge opportunity there um, to kind of build up a following audio wise. And again, I think it's about having that structure, knowing what you're doing, you know, you can have your set speakers who are your main people at the top table or panel or whatever, and then you can pull people from the audience or whatever or, or, or manage it in the way that works for you. But just having that structure again. Um, I was going to talk about Mel Bar- Barfield and Ben McKinney. They've started running a regular LinkedIn audio event for copywriters, and they have like a set time when they do it, themes, topics. They have guests. They had Dave Harlan the other day. And they're on the back of that, they then do a Substack newsletter where they write up about the event you know, include quotes from people and sort of tag people in. But I think the one thing about LinkedIn audio is that you can't record them. So for me, that's a huge misstep because like we say, we're really into repurposing. How else can we get more bang for our buck? And let's be honest, people are busy, can't always make certain times. So I think that's the one kind of area where I'm like, add in a recording feature, it would make it so much easier. So I think that's the one bit where, like that, that kind of falls down and which is why I haven't really tried it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess some people are kind of doing their own thing and having kind of ways around it to record the audio and then use it in some way, shape or form. No, there is a way I've heard of people talking about. There is, there is a, a way that you can hack it so that you can get a, re- get a recording. Um, but maybe it's one that we should try at some point. I, we should give it a go because neither of us have actually, have actually tried the, the audio. No, that's the and one we haven't and, and, yeah. and it's kind cool. of like it's i suppose it's sort of a more um it, it's sort of like listening to a live podcast i suppose is the best way of describing yeah. it and you know if people want to ask a question you can invite you can invite them and they can actually verbally ask the question rather than type something in um but yeah maybe yeah, we should, I, maybe we should give it a go but as you say the algorithm is really pushing it at the moment yeah there's a lady called Liz Hamlet, actually, and I, she's running some masterclasses on running LinkedIn audio events, which I think she's charging like 20 quid for. And I think it, I th- I've got a feeling, though, it's going to be a very similar thing to how you run a LinkedIn live, um, you know, that just, just understanding how you manage it. But I think that's the main thing is that just knowing that all of that is there for audio and give it a go. And I think you can build up good communities. Um, so, yeah. So we do need to try one. We are going to try one, by the way. We are. We will. We will. Audio only. That's us. Shall we? Shall we talk about um, news? newsletters next because this is again this is another i think underused um feature this is a creator mode feature that is being rolled out um you can you don't need an external platform you don't need mailer light or anything like that this is something you can purely do through um through linkedin and once you've got it set up, I mean, all you really need is a banner. And I think you put a little description about what, what your newsletter is about. But once you've done that, you just literally create an article and it sends out to all your subscribers of your newsletter. And one of the things that I found, because I started a LinkedIn newsletter um, back in the summer, um, I'd already started an email newsletter and the email newsletter is still important. It's something I will continue doing. 
But the speed with which you gather subscribers to a LinkedIn newsletter is crazy. I mean, you know, I'm a freelancer, so I don't, you know, don't have big company backing or anything. And I got to a thousand subscribers really, really quickly. It it kind of tails off. You don't get that level of increase month on month after the initial kind of um, initial start, um, the initial published publication of your newsletter. But it carries on creeping up, and I don't do any promotion for the. I don't ask people to subscribe. It literally finds subscribe find subscribers, and because it's an article, it's Google searchable. Um, so it's it's really. It's it's a really useful tool. The first one you put out, make sure it's all singing or dancing because that gets the algorithm will really push your first newsletter really hard, which is I think why you get a massive like in, influx of subscribers when you first start. And then subsequent issues, it, I think it gets put in all the feeds of your subscribers, and. It has really good stats. It will tell you how many people have not only, it's not just impressions because impressions are a bit of a wishy-washy stat because they don't tell you who's read it, but it will tell you how many people have viewed your article, which I think is really useful. And my last edition, um, I, I got nearly 400 views and I'm, I say, I'm not a big company. Um, so I know that there are companies, I know I, you've got an example of a company that that does that does a newsletter but the other thing to remember is that with newsletters you, sh- you can have more than one you can do them run them from your company page so if you are a, a big business with several different departments several different um disciplines you could run out like you know say for example you're an agency and you cover you know you could have one for the office sector you could have one for the industrial sector you could have one for the residential you know you could have more than one um uh, newsletter and you can you can tell them is this right are you you can tailor them to go out to specific audiences i think you can if you can't do the segmentation i think that's where that could fall down mm. so i would look into the segmentation part because i'm not entirely sure because i've not tried right. it i think that would be the only bit where i'm like you know because like if you're if you're only you know if you if you're a large agent you're going to have so many different markets yeah. i think you just need to be mindful of that but at least you know you can have you know if there are certain themes that work across multiple segments mm. of your audience then great but if not and you can't t- segment as much then maybe mm. having that many different kind of specific newsletters might not work as well but do you know what that's the kind of thing you can try quite easily and yeah. see what, see how it yeah. goes um but it, i just don't think people are maximizing their use of it no doesn't have to be loads of extra work either i mean no Spoiler alert, I don't actually create ex- I don't actually create new content from my LinkedIn newsletter. I take the content from my email newsletter and I repurpose it for my LinkedIn newsletter. There are certain bits that I are only on my email newsletter that are exclusive to the email newsletter so that subscribers to that are getting something that nobody else gets. But I literally repurpose it. It's nothing yeah. it's nothing I haven't already created. Um, in fact, actually, my email newsletter goes out twice a month now. And what I do is I combine the two, two into one LinkedIn newsletter. But yeah, I, I think it's just a real, again, it's, you've got a captive audience. If you've got a big yeah. network, you, they're all there. And I think that to, to really emphasize the whole newsletter thing. So I think for my, my, my own kind of mailer light newsletter, I have say 250 subscribers, for my LinkedIn newsletter, which is basically the snippets version, just a shortened version of that, which actually my virtual assistant mainly puts together for me as a draft. I go and do a minor edit, it takes me less than half an hour to do it. 
I've got 1500 subscribers. So, you know, it's a big difference. And also it's the same content. And I think you've just got to kind of sit there and go, I've done this piece of work. How else can I get it out to my audience? And I think the LinkedIn newsletters are, are really underutilized. And also I think you've got the whole thing of loads of property firms and companies have already got their own newsletters. Why not have one on LinkedIn? You know, it'll be really easy. Um, I'm just going to talk about an example, which is actually Bureau Happold. So Bureau Happold, engineering firm, global engineering firm, they've got 200,000 subscribers to their company page, but they also do an, a monthly newsletter, which is basically a, a roundup of what happened the month before. Really easy, small 50 word snippets with a link to their kind of story on their main website. And it's just lots of little snippets of stories. They put that out once a month. They've got 66,000 signups for that newsletter. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine that it just means everything they've posted or done in that previous month gets another hit, another kind of bite of the cherry, as it were. And yet it's just a way of kind of engaging and just making, giving yourself another chance to engage with your target audience. And it's a relatively simple thing to do and it's free. So for me, there aren't that many firms actually doing this and it's a huge opportunity. It's a missed opportunity. So yeah, that I thought was a really useful one to see. Yeah, it's it's great. We're both big advocates. And uh, Io was trying to get me to do a LinkedIn newsletter for ages and I resisted and resisted and resisted. And then of course I did one and went, oh wow, this is amazing. Isn't this brilliant? Look how great this is. And I was like, told you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's, you're like, oh, I don't want to do another thing. But you're like, actually, it's this not, is really easy yeah, to do. It's, it's not, not it's, a huge it's, amount of work for for a um, hell of a lot of visibility. Yeah. So. And it doesn't cost it doesn't cost anything other than a bit of your time, I yeah. think is is the other thing. We've shall we we've got we've we're gonna go slightly over on our time for this one. I hope you uh, uh, don't mind and will indulge us. But our final one is actually um link different types of posts that you have on LinkedIn. Io, do you want to go first? So, yeah, someone has actually called me the queen of polls, which I think is a great name. Mm. Um, I know because I love doing polls. Um, there was a time when polls were really kind of really doing amazingly well in the algorithm and everyone was doing them. And that's kind of when I backed away. But now not that many people are doing them and I still love them. So now I'm back. Um, so polls are great. And it's a way, I guess, of. I, for me, I kind of think of it when I'm going for a personal conundrum of thinking, oh, what should I do here? Or a client asks me a question. Quite often, I turn them into a poll. Um, I keep it simple. So normally simple questions. And generally, it's a great way of having engagement, having conversations with people and just kind of keep stuff relatively broad brush, because really it's about getting engagement and having conversations and starting something with different people. So, I mean, some of my recent polls have been, do you class yourself as an expert? you call yourself an influencer how do you learn what's your content priority so it's all just little things like that and some of those will link to maybe one of our lives or something that we're doing or trying to push so polls I think are a kind of a, a good way of starting conversations and they do still work but yeah don't do the ones about what did you have for breakfast I hate those yeah or <laughs> coffee or tea no I mean keep it keep, keep it keep it keep it relevant and the algorithm does push polls so you can actually get a, you can actually get quite good a good traction on a poll with not you know with without too much um without too much effort so they're definitely one and it's just mixes up your content I think yeah um I was going to actually, because I noticed on there that on that one, you've got other please comment. And one of the things that I was going to suggest, sorry, Io, is, is don't, is don't, 
put that as an option because um, keep it so that people either have to choose something and then encourage them to comment if they if they don't see the option that they like is my, would be my sneaky little tactic. Yeah, that's one thing. I mean, to be honest, my people still do comment, darling. So it works. Don't worry. <laughs> Like, I know, I've heard that one before, but no, I still add it. There you go. Anyway, sorry. No, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> just ignore me. My idea's rubbish. No, I'm just challenging it. We don't have to agree on everything. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. If it works, if it works for you, it works, but it works for you. <laughs> so um, document post. Now there was, I, I did a poll about, um, and I mentioned document posts and somebody commented that aren't those carousels. Now, some people call them carousels. Some people call them sliders. LinkedIn calls you call them, them sliders. I've never heard that. <laughs> I've, I've heard other people calling them sliders. I don't know what to call them. This is the thing. Uh, okay. LinkedIn calls them doc, calls them document. And this is where you just open a post and it's got all the little options below. And if you click on document, it lets you basically upload slides. It's a PDF. You just upload a PDF. Um, I don't know whether you can do it from, I I imagine that it works from a PowerPoint and you uh, Mm. convert that to a PDF and upload it that way. Or I use Canva and I create um, a load of Canva slides and I convert, I save it as a PDF and upload it. Um, It gets, the reason why I think this is, this is a good thing to do is A, it's, it's like polls. It's a different type of content. And it's got good dwell because people click through from slide to slide to slide. So it ha- it tends to get pretty good, um, pretty good impressions. My tip would be don't put too much text text on each slide. You see somewhere people have just put so much information on each slide. Yeah. It's just too much. So keep it short and sweet. I mean, you know, you could take if you've done a thought leader and you've got five key points make a point, you know, make a slide for each point and make it, you know, make a document post that way. There are all sorts of different things that you, you can do. Um, but they get that, you know, they, they get really good engagement and it's just something, di- it's just something different from doing a text post or a text and image post. And I just think layout wise for the slides, what you're saying about keeping the, 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 the wording, like keeping the wording down so they're not too wordy. Um, it's really, really important, especially because quite often people just scroll on their mobile phones. So think about having slides that work on a mobile phone. You try it, have a look, and then you realise actually your text is too small. So I think have that in mind that, especially me, like when I can't sleep, I might just be scrolling. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so yeah, and then... The final one we've got is kind of events, isn't it? Which we've already kind of covered quite a lot and Mm. just making the most out of those events. I mean, I suppose the other thing I was just going to mention is video. I mean, everyone bangs on about video, but video again is is still, uh, I've seen more and more people are using video. I still don't think it's used enough. Um, And some people are doing some really interesting things with with video there are there are some firms that are doing some really good great sort of almost tiktok style video content um that is just it's just a really different they presenting um you know buildings and presenting information about their business in a really interesting and innovative innovative yeah. in a I can't speak innovative in an innovative way um so yeah, don't don't dismiss don't dismiss video, and it doesn't have to be really really polished. As long as you've no. got reasonable sound and reasonable, you know, people can see you and they can hear you properly. And you I know, think you that's can do... you... yeah, and you can Go definitely on. you can just like 
basically, you know, get some you know, little mics for your phone or whatever, or just use your mobile and, you know, mm. decent lighting and you'll be fine. And I think that's the thing is like, it's just finding ways to engage and show who you are. Mm. And I think there mm. are more and more that people can do. I think we may have some questions. Let me have a quick look. I like this one. Uh, Lana says, oh my God, yes, please. Advice on how to use, use utilize polls for my company, which is super useful information. I think for companies, I would just say they don't use me enough polls. And if you can do, just ask questions. If you're about to put out a report on sustainability, ask a question around sustainability. And then you can trial that you've got a report coming out. So mm. there's loads of things you can do. It's just, how can you ask questions? Yeah. What do you want to yeah. know? But I think, as Io said, keep it, keep it fairly simple. I mean, the other thing actually... Um, is it doesn't give you that many letters to use on each option. So sometimes yeah. you have to be quite creative in, you know, yeah. you can't like have a two sentence. It's like 30 characters or something, yeah, isn't it? Something it's like, really, really small. So, yeah. so yeah, you might have to play around with the, with what the, the text that you put on each poll button. Um, it doesn't give you that much space, unfortunately. Okay. So Frederica has a question for us. Mm-hmm. So, um, what would you class as too much text on a single carousel page, i.e. more than one or two sentences? I'd say normally it's like one sentence, isn't it? It's it's And it's not even a one full sentence. It could be. I mean, I, I would say it depends on how long your sentences are. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because I've, I've done slides with three sentences, but they've been fairly short sentences. So I just, Ooh. yeah. Because I've done done one recently. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, just, I mean, less is more, I would say. Um, But then you don't want it. You don't want a document post that's about 35 slides long. Because that's the other thing to remember. Because people get bored clicking, clicking, clicking. So keep it, you know, keep the number of slides down. Um, And if you've got so much information that you're either going to need 35 slides, then maybe do more than one document and sort of theme it, it around more. so you break break yeah. it down into into smaller chunks and do it that way cool uh fiona riddle says you said linkedin doesn't like links yeah web links it doesn't like link linkedin if you put if you put a web if you put a web link in a post it won't get the same amount of reach as a post without a link sadly that is true um mm. but i mean it, but then it's interesting because some people are kind of like saying well i put my links in anyway because i need them and yeah yeah, you know what I, I mean. I, so yeah. I think it's I think it's what your goal is, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I still put links in stuff. I'm kind of like, mm. I think more about the user experience and like not having to mm. click through and find stuff. So for me, I mean, from from LinkedIn's perspective, they want to keep people on the platform. They want don't they don't want you sending people off to your website or somewhere else. Um, so that's, I think, I don't know this for sure, but I imagine that's why they they don't, they curb the reach of posts that have got a web link in. But yeah, test it. If you do post without a link and do post with, and you'll see, I'm sure you'll see a difference, um, but it's always been that way. There are various hacks that I'm not sure whether any of the work. Some people say publish a post and then go back in and edit and add the link. Some people say yeah. put it in the comments, but there are issues and problems with all of those. But as I always <laughs> say, sometimes you just got to, sometimes you've got just gotta, you need to dig up. You just got to do it. I mean, you know, I, I like to promote, you know, I, you know, promote my email newsletter. And so, yeah, that, that's always going to have a link in it. Um, and those posts never do as well. Any events, you know, when we do posts about these these LinkedIn lives, they never do as well as a post without, because it's yeah. classified as a as a web link, unfortunately. 
So yeah, um, we've got lots of people saying thank you so much. This has been brilliant. Very nice. Ah, look. Uh, and uh, Alana has kind of asked a question about the links in posts, which we kind of answered. So I think mm-hmm. we've already done that. Mm-hmm. Lorraine said, just think about more and more videos are presented in portrait mode like Insta now. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting trend. Um, mm. I don't know. Does it work as well in in LinkedIn? I'm not sure. But then sometimes I'm like, sometimes it kind of just stands out from other mm. stuff. So why not? So there are, there are rumours that they're going to bring st- their stories equivalent back again. Because remember when they launched, um, you know, like Instagram yeah. stories and Facebook stories, LinkedIn did their own version of that for a while and then got rid of it. And there are lots of rumours that they're bringing that back. And obviously that's where the portrait will come in, I imagine. Hopefully. That's yeah. actually quite fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it, well, though it's interesting, I saw something recently, the TikTok are, are starting to push landscape videos, which so it's, you know... It's, I wish, I wish, I wish they would just all have one format that worked across all of them. <laughs> Sadly, it's about shareholders and, and, and getting dwell time, isn't it? Mm. So that's what they're all driven by. Thanks so much for listening to the Built Environment Marketing Show. Don't forget to check out the show notes, which will have useful links and resources connected to this episode. You can find that on abassmarketing.com. And of course, if you like the show, please do share it with others on social as it helps more people to find us. See you soon.